Stretching from the Pacific Northwest to the East Coast and landing in the Midwest, Joshua, Tracy, and Kelly present to you Rooted Perspectives, an audio and video podcast. Join us while we share our perspectives on a wide variety of topics that are both culturally and socially relevant, ranging from current events, travel, technology, lifestyle, pop culture, finance, careers, and so much more. Three diverse perspectives rooted across the country. All right. Welcome back to Rooted Perspectives. Thank you uh, to all our listeners out there and follow followers who are supporting us. Do a shout out to you guys. This week's topic, we are going to be talking about the upcoming election. Um, we feel that number one, the biggest thing is getting out there and making your voice heard, whether you think it's important or not. It really is making sure that your representatives know how you feel and what you think. That being said, we have come up with a list of what we feel are the uh, primary topics of what this election would be covering. Uh, things like inflation, abortion, marijuana, and other things along those lines. So as always, we have our co-host here. Kelly. I'm Kelly. <laughs> yes, and I'm Tracy. Still haven't got that fixed yet. Okay. <laughs> One of these time. days we'll get it. All right. So the first thing first that we should talk about is how do you, uh, both of you, and I'll start with Tracy and then moving on to Kelly, how do you guys feel about this upcoming election or think about it, not in terms of necessarily like maybe what do you believe, but what are your overall thoughts on this election? <sighs> I'm over it. I want it to be done. <laughs> are we talking midterms? I don't know. I mean, yes, midterms. I think one, honestly, and this is kind of like a sidebar, like I get really tired of seeing all these commercials about people that want to go into Congress and politics and stuff. And they always, they always say, I want to lower taxes. Like that's what every single commercial is, or they're just bashing their competitor. So it's hard for me to like even get excited because I just feel like, I feel like people just put on this facade of like how, how good can I look to people to get elected and then that's it. I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of over it. Like, this is what my mailbox has looked like. (laughs) (laughs) Like, excuse me. I don't need all these. I'm over it. I get texts every day, calls every day, 12 things in the mail every day. I'm ready for it to be Tuesday. I'm ready to vote. So and here's then a not question. ever have another flyer in my mailbox again. <laughs> so here's a question, and don't feel like you have to answer. What is your political affiliation, and why have you chosen that party to represent you? And if you haven't, I mean, no big deal. And if you feel like you don't want to share, no big deal. Here's my thoughts on this. I don't like the whole Republican, the whole red versus blue debate, because... The thing I hate about politics is how, like, 
it, like I'm all for guns. So that being said, I have to be re Republican. Like, and I don't like how one side has to like one thing and dislike the other. Like it kind of takes the thought process and thinking and your own opinion out of just about everything as far as politics are concerned. Like why, like, I guess what I'm trying to say is like, I don't like how we can't just have our own opinions necessarily. Like if I'm Republican, I have to like guns now, or because I like guns, I have to be Republican. You know what I mean? Like, I, I, maybe that's kind of a side note or maybe off topic, but no, it's not because I have an interesting thought that I'm going to share with you guys, like at the end of this conversation, just because I'm curious to know what you guys think. And I'm sure you guys are going to be like, why has no one thought of this before? But Kelly, what are your thoughts on it? Um, I agree with what Tracy said. I actually just watched this video earlier today and um, it was really cool. They actually sat two people in a room together, one Republican and one Democrat, and like basically had this conversation about like main topics and some of the things they agreed on and some of, some of them they didn't. But one of the guys said something that really stuck with me and it was like, basically he was asked like, if you're for, if you're okay and if you're for abortions and and pro-choice why are you republican and he's like well it, it's t in my eyes it's a less of two two e lesser of two evils like basically saying like you can't win either way either way you're gonna have um things you agree with and i agree with tracy where it's like there just shouldn't even be the labels but maybe that's why i'm registered as independent which is still a label but I tend to swing and vote more within de the Democratic Party, but I am registered as independent. What about what you, about you your party? Yeah, I would be Republican. I but, um, actually... I don't even care. Like, the only thing is, is like, when I hear... This is what I hear. When I hear somebody say they're Republican, they like guns. When I hear somebody say they're Democrat, they don't like guns. That's all I hear literally so it's just it's honestly kind of dumb to me to be honest for me for the first time as much as i'm into politics i register for the first time in my life to vote um just because the the awesome fantastic ladies that i've been supporting for governor and congress i they were like are you gonna vote for us and i'm like i'm not registered to vote here and they're like excuse me and i'm like Yes, I'm registered now. So I would say that I identify as a Republican. If I had to choose, my party would be myself. But I had to choose one or the other. And here's why I would choose myself. Oh, Josh, you're president. <laughs> well, first of all, side note, 2026, or 2026 you're going to see t-shirts that say Jers, J-E-R-S-H, at the bottom, for president, and on the back, it's going to say, just think about it. And on the bottom, it's going to say, and let me tell you why. Because those are the three <laughs> most common phrases that I say to people. Just think about it. Let me tell you why. Things like that. I don't know. I would identify <laughs> as Republican just because not all their beliefs add up to what I value as me as a person, but most of them do. Um, 
but that's just it. So, yeah. So, so Josh, you- prior to this, you haven't voted in any elections, right? God, no. Really? Well, that's congratulations on registering. I guess my thing is, I still hold the same thought that like, oh, if I vote, my vote's not going to do anything. I still have that same thought. But the the difference that I care more about now is being able to have actually worked and try to do stuff for a campaign, things like that. I want to see my team and my support, my hard efforts win and make it worth my time. I granted, even if our uh, the the individuals that I've been supporting lose, it's still been a fun run. But at the end of the day, I'm not gonna lie, I wanted to fucking win. <laughs> Let's be honest. I think it's cool that you're getting involved in volunteering. And I've been doing a little bit of that. I did some like canvassing and um, handing out flyers and stuff like that. But I feel like when someone I'm really passionate about loses or like a measure or ordinance I'm really passionate about loses, I always think on like the day after the election, I wish I would have done more. Like, yes, I can only count for the one vote, but... I could have tried to get more people on board and like hear me out and hear my opinions and things. So I feel like when you are volunteering and, you know, spreading the word, then come election night, like it's, you kind of leave it all out on the, on the dance floor, so to speak. But, um, it's just like, I did all I could and now I have to just live with it, you know? Yeah. Anything to say, Tracy? No. <laughs> okay. So can I ask you guys my question now? What's so up? I've been thinking, like, God, anytime you talk about government reform, there's one half that's like, amen, and then the other half that's like, you're a terrorist, blah, 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 okay? <laughs> well, so get this. I was thinking, you know how in this last election, a lot of people said that it was rigged, it was cheated for, like, the presidential, right? Yeah. Here's my thought process. And this is going to sound so stupid, but I will be honest about how I came up with this idea. Uh, it was Lord of the Rings, the Rings of Power, the TV show that just came out. The season finale episode at the end when they crafted the three rings. And it was after they said what they said, it hit me. They said, one will corrupt two will divide, and three will create balance. When I heard that, something hit in my mind where it's like, when you look at our country right now, when we have one person running it, that position is entirely corrupt because even though we have systems of checks and balances, they have the authority to still do what they feel they need to do, even though it may not be what the people want. So that's corruption. And then when you think about two divides, when you look at our current Congress, we only have Democrats and Republicans. And look at how freaking divided we are. So here's my solution. Rather than having one president, we get rid of the vice president position entirely. And we have a three presidential system. One being a Democrat, one being a Republican, one being an independent. And those parties all vote 
who they want to elect within their party to re to represent them as that president. Now, rather than having one person make those decisions, now you have equal and fair say. Now you have a president that's Republican and independent. It's no longer. And here's my thing. Joe Biden came here, and this is what upset me. Joe Biden came to Oregon to campaign for Tina Kotek, who's running for governor. And it upset me because in my mind, as the president, you should not be taking sides just because she's a Democrat doesn't matter. If, if someone's running for governor, you should show your support to all parties regardless, especially being the president of the United States. It doesn't matter. But to only go and support the people that are within your part are within your party is like a backhand. What about the people like Betsy Johnson and Christine Drazen who are running here? Should they not get a hey? You're doing a job well done, even though they're Republican and independent. They should, I feel. But they're only campaigning for their party, and I feel that that's wrong. I didn't elect you, Mr. President, to represent one side. And the last thing I'll say is most politicians, in my eyes, are unequipped to do their job, and here's why. When you get elected to Congress, your job is to represent the people not half of the people, meaning if you're a Democrat, it doesn't mean that you only represent the Democrats, you represent the Republicans too. So when you choose to represent a side, either Republican or Democrat, you become ineligible to, ineligible to hold political office because of that, because you're only serving half and that's not your job. Sorry to ramble. Thoughts? No, I, I agree. It's like, like I said, it kind of takes away the choice of like, oh, I'm, I'm Republican, so now I'm only going to support anything and everything Republican and hate anything and everything Democrat. But it's, it's so it's like, I, I don't understand. I don't know how to like properly say it, but it's like. You want to be pro-gun, but still be pro-choice, maybe, let's say. You shouldn't have to have the views of just one. And that's yeah. where I said, like, the Democrat, the Republican, and independent presidency, it gives you a chance to sway multiple ways rather than just one way. Yeah, exactly. But would you support that? What's up? Would you guys support that? Rather than having one president, having three presidents that represent each party okay here's the thing if you have three people that and exactly what you're saying they're representing one of three parties that means they have three different set in stone point of views if one wants to pass a bill for xyz and the other one says no because he's against it how would they how would they ever get anything done the independent party is that third vote you have three people. You will always have a deciding vote, two versus one. And that is fair, equal representation, rather than having a Democrat or solely a Republican make a decision. Let's say Joe Biden, Donald Trump, it doesn't matter. Rather than having that one person make an executive order to decide things, like let's say Joe Biden, federal mask mandate, bam, happened. Now let's say you have a Republican and an independent president on the same level. It takes two out of three to say, no, we're not doing mask mandates. It holds everyone to accountability. And if you think about it, the Supreme Court 
is made up of Democrats and Republicans, and there are nine of them. So take the three president thing and take it times three, and it's the same thing, just on a higher scale. If we have Democrats and the Republicans on the Supreme Court deciding major cultural law issues, why do we not have three people representing us on a uh, presidential level? Or how about, I mean, I understand what you're saying, but I am, what if we got rid of Republicans and Democrats in general? You can't do that. That's not Let's just say that's <laughs> thing and we went full independent and then we elected people based off of their beliefs and their points of views you know what i mean yeah i know it would never work in this country but i'm just kind of spitballing would you support a three president system that way kelly your choice of president would be heard tracy your choice of president would be heard and let's say i'm a democrat all three of our presidents would be equally equipped to vote based off of their constituents. Do you guys hear that? What? No. Oh, it's thunderstorming where I'm at. So I'm trying to mute in between talking, but um, Josh, I get what you're saying, but what if they did something else more like within Senate and House of Representatives where it would be more like for those positions, we obviously vote people into it. What if everyone, and then I'm not political, so I'm probably not explaining this correctly, but I know when they look at the whole United States as a whole, like all the senators, for example, when there's more senators who are Republican, it's they're like leading, they have the majority. Mm-hmm. What if they made that piece of it even? Where, like, every state got one Democratic and one Republican senator. So I feel like that's the thing. Even if, let's say, uh, Congress wanted to pass a law that was supported by the House and the Senate, both Republicans, it still has to go to the president or, in this case, the presidents. Those three presidents would still have to have majority vote to send it back. So think about it. You would have one Republican president, let's say that would be like supporting it. And now you have two others that have to be swayed and to understand why this is beneficial and why they would support it. But don't you think that having those second oversights would be better than having one person just make that decision for you? Like what I can say is in Oregon, I don't know if you guys went through this, but Governor Kate Brown during COVID shut everything down, everything for months. You had to wear a mask in grocery stores and like literally everywhere you went indoors, outdoors, you had to wear a mask. And so many businesses closed down because what she ordered. And like, I see the destruction that happened from it. And that's why I was thinking about this. Should one person alone have the authority to destroy the livelihood of millions of people? Or should there be a system of checks and balances where two's like, no, we're not doing this? Yeah, I get what you're saying. I think it'd be interesting to see how that would play out. Like if we did it, like if we tried it for a year or two, just to see how it would go. I just feel like in the political world, it's like a bunch of high schoolers fighting. Like you see all these campaigns where it's like, instead of telling people, 
what I want to do. I'm going to tell people how terrible my opponent is. And it, it's, it honestly doesn't even look like a high school debate because in high school, we were at least rational and talked about things and actually debated things. Whereas like these presidential candidates like get on there and even not even like, even like mayors and governors, like these people going into these political positions are constantly just slandering their opponent. So I feel like if would that ever happen in this country, it would be just a massive charade of just power pulling and slandering. And it would be really pathetic because they're grown people doing this. I agree. I agree. So moving on with the whole election thing, um, so some of the key things to actually talk about during this election, and one thing that we all wanted to make note is, side note, uh, we are not experts, and we do not have all of the 100% up-to-date facts, and everything that we speak here on this podcast is going to be out of personal interpretation, research, things like that. So try not to hold us too accountable for what or what may not change in the next like hour or two in the world. <laughs> um, moving forward. So abortion, let's go into that. We know that abortion was uh, the protection was struck down by the Supreme court for Roe versus Wade a couple months ago. And a lot of Democrats are, I feel part of their platform is providing abortion reform and rights, protecting it, legalizing it federally what are your guys' thoughts on that? And how do you think that is going to outplay? Or sorry, play out. <laughs> Just kidding. Um, I can only speak for the state of South Dakota. We don't currently have any measures on the ballot for anything re related to this. However, I will say, um, based on our two governor candidates, whoever gets voted in, will definitely have a high impact on that just because they do have two different opinions. Our um, Republican current governor who's running for a re-election is on team no ifs, ands, or buts, no exceptions whatsoever kind of a vibe. Um, and then our Democratic um, candidate for governor um, does believe that there should be exceptions made um, in certain situations and that women should have the freedom to make the choice. So, okay. um, I do think that, well, I'll just say I am voting for our democratic, um, governor candidate, and I don't think he's like team free for all, but I do think there should be some exceptions. He's has specifically speaked about, um, age, uh, for example, there's been like this talk of this Ohio child who's 10 years old and, um, you know, has to travel out of state to get an abortion and all that. So I think that he's also, um, expressed, um, exceptions based on like rape and incest and things like that. So, so going into a side note with that, the abortion issue for me, like, I take multiple sides on it, but one of the biggest things that like I feel here in Oregon, which I don't think should be allowed, is that if a, an individual is raped and they get pregnant and they're 15, 
they're able to go into Planned Parenthood and have an abortion without their parents' consent. I think that's a little bit too messed up in the sense of your parents should know medically what's going on with you and the fact that someone's willing to do that without your parents' consent and or knowledge, even if they support you doing it, I feel is very unethically. What are your thoughts on that, Kelly? Should your parents, because if you get sent home from school six, the school, the state has to call your parents to notify you. So why is it that you should be able to go in and get an abortion without your parents' consent or knowledge? Um, I guess I wouldn't have an opinion on it until I knew a little bit more. Specifically... I guess if you're a teenager in your state and you want to go get birth control, can you? Or do you need a parent's permission? No, you can just go get it. Yeah, you can Oregon, go get birth control as a teenager. Oregon, yes. it's all legal. Like, I have, I just pulled it up on my computer. Oregon, it's all and, legal. Because if you can get birth control without your parents knowing, why can't you go get an abortion without your parents knowing? But don't you think that your parents should know that you're putting a chemical inside your body that's prescribed by a doctor? Don't you think that they have every right to know what choices? Because guess what? It's funny that you have to be 21 to buy liquor or tobacco without your parents' consent, but yet you can put hormones and things like that in your body without it. And you can bring a baby into the world without their consent. It seems a little bit backwards, I feel. Right? Right. So, yeah, I I guess I think my opinion is if I'm 15 and I can go to the, make a call my doctor, make an appointment, go to the clinic and have and get birth control to prevent pregnancy. Why can't I? I guess to me, it's like the same as going and getting an abortion as far as as far as the consent piece goes with with parental consent. So if, if you can't go in and buy alcohol by yourself, why should you be able to go in and have an abortion by yourself? Which don't you think ending what could be a possible life is more severe than buying alcohol? But you could say different things like that all day about ages. I could say, you know, we're going to talk about marijuana. Well, the law isn't just for everyone. You're going to have to be 21. I think it's crazy that, and you two guys could maybe relate to this, that people can go off and fight in wars and protect the country and they can't even have a beer, <laughs> like, you know, or like in some cases they can't even vote, you know, if you're not 18 yet. Yeah, I don't understand the age limits in this country because just like you said, like, if I can sign myself up at 18 years old to go give my body to the government, to have them ship me to a hole in Afghanistan, but I can't have a beer. Not that I care, because I'm 100% against alcohol, and I hate it, and I always will. But where's the balance in that? Like, what, Josh? So, I see your wheels turning. <laughs> let's call this Conspiracy Theory Thursday, okay? I'm going to ask you guys a question. Why is beer and wine, from what I think, not allowed legal when you are 18. Why is it not legal when you're 18? Mm-hmm. Just beer and wine. I have no idea, honestly. 
Kelly. I don't think I understand your question. Here, in a capitalistic country where we make our money, even cops, they make their money, their revenue from seatbelt tickets, DUIs, things like that. It is, it is statistically proven, and that's why I think Europe does it. Uh, you can buy beer and wine when you're 18, okay? Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. imagine if you're over here and you're 18, 19, 20, you can't drink. Being told you can't do this only makes you want to do it more, which is why there's, I feel, a lot of underage drinking parties because it's, in a sense, a taboo. You're told no, so you want to do it even more. I feel that if drinking was legalized for beer and wine for 18 to 20 years old, but not liquor, that sensation of that taboo method, being able to get it when someone buys it for you is one thing you get to have fun, but being able to go in and buy it yourself takes away from that overall experience. If you can go in and buy it every single day, chances are the 10th day that you do that, you're not going to want to drink anymore because you drink so much. But if someone else is buying it for you every week, every other week, you get that, in a sense, that rush of I'm doing something wrong. I'm getting away with it. I'm able to drink. But if it was regularly allowed, you wouldn't have college kids having these crazy parties, getting drunk and all these things. That's my personal belief, though. You I'm still going to 100% disagree with you. Because, really? I, yeah, when I was growing up, I went to parties. Like, I didn't drink, but, like, 14, 13-year-old, 15-year-olds, like, that's all anybody cared about. Like, they just wanted to party. They wanted to have fun. You could lower the drinking limit in this country to 15, and it wouldn't matter. Because, <clears throat> like, it seems like, especially nowadays, like, kids don't have that drive, and they're lazier than normal. So, like, drinking is such a normal thing in this country. It's just as normal as spending $7.50 on a cup of sugar from Starbucks. Like, it's a normal thing. Like, whether you're 15 at a party or 22 at a party, like. So, get this. In Gainesville, Florida, a year and a half ago, they got rid of their open container law. Meaning, in the entire city of Gainesville, you can walk down the street having an open Bud Light beer in your hand, a mixed cocktail, and you cannot be arrested or ticketed for it. When this first like came about, people were like, we're going to have a whole bunch of drunk college kids passed out all over town, this and that. And that has not been the case. Given those freedoms of being able to, you can't even do that in Sioux Falls, Kelly, can you? Walk down the street with the Bud Light in your hand, right? But I wish we could. Right? But in Gainesville, you can have a full liquor drink and not be arrested or ticketed. So when given those options, I feel people actually perform to those expectations. Just like I said with the whole drinking. And you Is there an open container law in the vehicle though, Josh? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You cannot have an open beer in your hand while driving or anybody in the car, but you could be walking. I was walking through UF campus, drinking my vodka tonic on campus, and no one said anything to me. No one said, because it was allowed. And I was like, no way, this is kind of weird. I don't know, maybe 
maybe in a way you would be right. I'd be, it'd definitely be something to try out, but just from my upbringing, just seeing how prevalent alcohol is and like how normal it is. I don't know. I don't know if it would actually do anything. I'd definitely be curious to see if it would, but Kelly, rather than going to Las Vegas, can we both take Tracy on a booze cruise? Hold on one second. Hold on. So sorry. I don't think Tracy's gonna be interested in that. <laughs> no. Um, I think the legal age for everything should be eighteen. I'm all for it. Gambling, weed. I think alcohol. eighteen is a good age. Um, the only thing that I would say buying or buying a gun is the only thing that should be twenty one. I feel. Um. Just because when you buy tobacco, you buy uh, alcohol, liquor, things like that, you're typically harming yourself and your body. Granted, you can get drunk and drive and hit somebody else, but it's mainly affecting you. With a gun, I feel you have more direct control over hurting somebody else than helping yourself, I feel. Um, but that's the only thing I think 21 should be is for a gun. What do you I think? think I disagree. I think it should all be 18 because... With the gun thing, with the gun thing, I think it should be more regarding like background checks and mental health screenings and th things like that. It's so hard to put a number on an age like that because there are really, really mature people who are 16 years old, and there are really immature dumbasses who are 23 years old. Yeah, you know. Well, here's the thing: you can't make laws for exceptions. You and and that's the shitty thing. You have to judge people based off as like a mass mass collection. You can't be like, well, ninety percent, but these do. You can't have special laws for the few. It has to be across the board for all, and that's not fair. It's not. I agree. Yeah, I Tracy. Agree. I, I just feel like people aren't responsible. You know, maybe it's just what I notice and how I view people. Um, but who's to say if you lowered the alcohol limit, things wouldn't calm down? You know what I mean? I don't know. Well, I, think about how much money they make each year on DUIs and tickets and things like that. It's all for money. Not saying that that's what it is for, but they make a lot of money off of that. I mean, I don't think anybody's going to condone getting DUIs. I mean, they this country makes enough money off of alcohol sales. Like, let's like I don't think there's anybody in Congress that's like, yeah, we're making good money off of these DUIs. Let's keep it up. Like, no, I don't, I don't think that's the thing. <laughs> so, I think surprised. in general, Tracy has like a tainted image of alcohol. I despise, I despise 100% of it. I don't know how it's even legal. If you want me to be honest, I don't know how alcohol is legal. I, I just have totally the opposite. <laughs> have you ever heard of what's called... It's like not politics? fundamentally bad. It's people who do things with it. Well, in this country, most people do stupid things with it because yeah. it's quote unquote the norm now in this country to just get completely obliterated or wasted, throw up in a ditch, wake up in someone else's house, Saturday morning and then do it again. It. Go ahead, Josh. Go ahead. Here's the thing, okay? Alcohol, just like anything else, is a substance that can't be judged by itself. You must judge it by the user. So if you think in a perfect society 
yes, the average person may have a drink here or there, two or three on a daily basis. However, society is constructed in a time manner where you are always stressed, you are always under pressure, things like that, which encourages the average person to drink more. If you take away all of those stresses of timing and things like that, I feel that the average person would be able to enjoy more of a social leisurely drinking rather than having three people called out of work today. I'm the only one on the clock and I have to pick up all that stress. Those external stress factors definitely increase why people drink. If people had an easy day and easy life, I don't think that average person is going to want, want to come home and just get like shit faced. Maybe, maybe not, but life plays a factor into it. I, I understand what you're saying, but also you are right in the sense that like in this country, it's very normal for people to feel stressed because they feel like they need to have a job and they need to make money, especially now with inflation being so high, like just the average cost of living is so high that stress is, I feel like an all time high in this country at the same time. That's completely on a person to look at a situation and say, well, life sucks. I guess I'll just drink alcohol. Like, I don't understand that mindset. Like you're taking a bad situation or a stressful situation and just throwing crap on top of it. Kelly, so, that's not do you th- I have a question. Do you, think, do you think people who don't drink are better than people who drink? No, here's the thing. That's a a bad question. I don't mind people that drink. It's almost impossible for me to have friends that don't drink. I don't mind it. My my issue with people is they they don't have self-control enough to be like, oh, I've had a couple drinks. I guess I'll stop now. Nope. Let's have 15 more beers and throw up in the toilet. Have you not experienced... So your answer to my question would be... No, the answer is no. Like, I don't think it's, I don't think one person is better. I feel like people in general just don't have that mindset to just tell themselves to stop, which I don't understand. Like, I've been drunk so one time in my life and it was miserable. So I, I don't understand why people are so okay with it. Like, I'm, I'm friends with plenty of people to drink, but they don't get belligerent drunk on the weekends all the time. Like, they have a few beers after work no big deal. Like, I don't, I don't have a problem with that at all. Kelly, you and me may drink. Tracy has his own kink, whatever he's into. (laughs) We drink. Whatever you're into, Tracy, keep doing it, bro. It's a normal thing. It's just, it bugs me when people just don't have the self-control to just, like, have a couple beers and stop. Like, it's annoying that the norm is to just get belligerent. Like, it bugs me. And I don't like hanging out with like a boozy crowd because I get really on edge because people can do some really dumb stuff when they're drunk. Kelly, when I was in the army with Tracy, Uh I would hang out in his dorm room and I would come over sloshed and I'd get even more drunk. And I would literally be throwing up in his bathroom toilet, passing out over it. And, like, every so often, Tracy would come over and be like, hey, man, you okay? And I'd be like, yeah. Wow. <laughs> so you're the one who ruined it for him. He thinks drink. drinkers are bad because of you. 
<laughs> no, he experienced much more than that before me. Trust me. Yeah, way more. I just. But he was good. He was nice about it. And he yeah. went back and playing the fucking WoW game. Like, wow. That yep. sounds like a pain in the ass. I wouldn't want to deal with drunk Josh. Yeah, at least I knew he was safe. You know what I mean? At least he was getting drunk just with me and not like with a group of people at a bar and then like driving home drunk. So he was just chilling in my room, throwing up in my toilet. So whatever. We kind of got off topic. Yeah, we did. <laughs> right. Okay, so moving on to the elections and we will make this fast. Um, So... There are a lot of important seats coming up for grabs, whether it's uh, governor or Congress. And I feel like that's where a lot of people get misconstrued based on which one matters. They both actually matter because Oregon, for example, has not had their first Republican governor in the last 40 years. So as of right now, that's been a huge thing. So if you think about how Washington, California and Oregon have all been Democratic going down the entire western coast of the country. Imagine how those philosophical and ideological thoughts have shaped the country in those ways that now things are going to change. Do you think in your guys' home states or wherever you are now that there has chance for monumental change in that realm? I'll kick this off and say I have no idea because I hate... Ohio with a passion so I do not care about anything that happens here so but in Idaho where I'm from I don't, I don't even know I don't even know for I know Idaho's an extremely strict state like they're a hundred percent abortion is illegal there like straight up strict like the cops are strict everything is strict there so Kelly, South Dakota has you beat. It's been forty-three years since we've had a Democratic governor. Good for you guys for having a Republican for so long. Seriously, as of Tuesday, we're going to change that. (laughs) Well, tell you this: my little business, my little side hustle that I do next month, I should be actually being with Christy Nome. Your governor of South Dakota next month. Oh, our for- by then it'll be former governor. No, she's gonna win. She's gonna win. Trust me. I'll be, I'll be damned if anybody else wins. That's not. <laughs> well, my friends, you guys, it's been a great conversation. I think we got sidetracked quite a bit yeah, about what we're gonna be talking about, but fun nonetheless. Awesome. Make sure well, to get out and vote on Tuesday. Yes, please get out and vote, whether you're independent, Democrat, Republican, it doesn't matter the color of your skin, your race, get out and vote. Your vote matters. It really does make a difference, especially this year when most seats are up for grab in the House and the Senate for Congress. It will be monumental. Truly get out and vote. Make a difference. Don't wait till you're 31 years old like Josh to vote for the first time. (laughs) (laughs) I'm proud oh, of you. <laughs> still baffles me. Stay tuned, friends, to next week. <laughs> Later, guys. Later. Bye.